0: Why don't you hold your Bible? Welcome to those of you watching online. Lift it up real high. If you're reading from your cell phone, you can lift that up too. Uh, uh, iPhone's a little higher. Samsung's a little lower. And who are we? Forget about it. Just forget about it. Amen. (laughs) Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer. Not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same again. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The idea is to never let your life remain stagnant. Amen. Uh, Every teaching that you hear, every word uh, that you read from God's Word should edify your life. Uh, to go to the next level. And so we've been talking about uh, this series that we started four weeks ago, and if you didn't get an opportunity to uh, listen to any of the teachings, I want to encourage you uh, to go and check it out on our website, faithyouchurch.co.za. All the teachings are there for free. If you're on Spotify, uh, the podcast is also there. If you're on uh, iTunes, uh, the podcast is also there. So whichever platforms that stream uh, audios, Uh, We are available. You'll be able to catch up with what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, so the title of our series is, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's what the scripture says in uh, Proverbs uh, chapter number 27 verse, chapter number 23 verse 7. It says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I was saying in the first service that it's interesting that he didn't say, As a man thinks in his brain, so is he. (laughs) He says, as a man thinks in his heart, and heart is talking about uh, the the core of your being. When he uses the word heart, he's not talking about the blood pumping organ. He's talking about the very core of your being. And uh, our foundational scripture for uh, uh, the past three weeks now has been Romans, chapter number 12, verse 2, which says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, uh, but be ye what transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So the Bible tells us that there is a connection between how we manifest the will of God in our lives and our thought life. Amen? Amen. Scripture tells us if we change our thinking, if we renew our minds, uh, then we'll be able to prove or manifest that which is the good, acceptable, and uh, perfect uh, will of God. And so, yeah, I'm definitely going to need the board. And so, we, we discover that uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse 2, tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Okay? And we know that the mind is in the soul, and the soul has three components to it. Uh, uh, it's got the mind, it's got the will, and it's got the emotions. Uh, the mind is almost the engine. That drives the soul. So your, your will or your, your decisions, your ability to choose, is going to be informed by how renewed your mind is. Amen? And also your emotions follow your mind. Stress follows your mind. What you're thinking on, uh, that's why Scripture says in uh, Isaiah 26, uh, it says that he shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So that emotion of, of peace if you will, uh, follows, or that state of peace is based on uh, our minds. He shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. So your mind can't be distracted, particularly in uh, 2020, where there are a lot of distractions. I mean, there is noise everywhere, on the news, on the cell phone, uh, on the iPad, and on the laptop. You know, some of you love news so much, when the iPhone uh, runs out of battery, you take it to the charger and you connect to the iPad. When it runs out of bat- uh, battery, you take it to the charger. You're still hungry for more noise, and it's not a healthy place to be. Amen? amen? I said amen. Scripture tells us to be still and know that he is God. So sometimes you just want to uh, uh, be still. You just want to spend uh, some quality time uh, with the Lord. So Romans chapter number 12 tells us that uh, we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So this thing called the mind is key uh, to what we've been dealing with so far. And then if you go to Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 23, it tells us something a little interesting. And that's our foundational scripture, if you will, uh, for today. In Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 23, the Bible says and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Over there in Romans chapter number 12 verse uh, 2 says you must renew your mind. So there is a thing called the mind, and it's talking about uh, your mind uh, 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 all-encompassing. And then over here in uh, Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 23, he says... Uh, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And I want to submit to you, uh, brothers and sisters, that your mind is is divided into uh, two components. Uh, Science will prove this, but their terms are a little different from the terms that I'm going to be using here. But we will all uh, end up at the same place. So if you are in the uh, science world, they use terms like uh, the conscious and the subconscious mind. That's how they would divide it in the in the in the in the science world. But that's not how. That, those are not the terms that the Bible uses. Though we will end up at the same place. So the Bible uses words like spirit of your mind, spirit of your mind. Okay. So your your subconscious becomes the spirit of your mind, and your conscious. The Bible uh, uses the word rational. This is the rational uh, part of your mind, okay? Uh, uh, And the rational part of your mind is, is not the biggest component of your mind. The spirit of your mind is the biggest component of your mind. And the spirit of your mind is also called heart. Amen? And so when the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart so easy, it's saying that as a man thinks at the core of their being. Also known as the automation center. That's Tafara. Okay? This is how I like to put it. I call this the automation center. Center. Okay? The reason why I call it the automation center is is, is this. When when behavior is moved from a, a rational or just a conscious mind into your heart, it's now automated. That's the first thing. That's your response to life. Your heart is your response to life. And no one can ever stop when the seeds have reached uh, the heart. This is a, another word we can use uh, for the heart is garden. Okay, Mark chapter number 4 talks about sowing uh, the seed of God's word into your heart. And it says the ground is Your heart, which is also uh, a garden. Amen? And so, your rational mind what is the part uh, that the rational mind plays? The part that the rational mind plays is to assess whatever information that's coming in. As I'm preaching right now, it hits your rational mind, it hits uh, your reasoning uh, faculties. And it is when it reaches your uh, reasoning, rational faculties, that you need to accept it in this. In this arena. When you accept that seed in this arena, that seed then proceeds into your heart. And whatever reaches the conception chamber, I also like to call it the conception, I also like to call your heart the conception chamber. Whatever seed reaches your conception chamber will bring forth fruit. Amen. So if you, all that's rational to you is what the news is saying. Let's say you are one of the children of Israel. uh, You're getting ready to possess the promises of God. And it comes out on the 8 o'clock news that you are nothing but a grasshopper. If you accept that in your rational mind, yeah, yeah, I'm nothing but, yeah, I'm nothing but a grasshopper, and you take that and you put it in your heart, Scripture says in Deuteronomy 7, 17, if you say in your heart, these nations are mightier than we, God turns around and says, how can I dispossess them for you? You know why? Because it's already been conceived. You'll be inviting God to carry out abortion. And God is not into that. So God says, Deuteronomy seven seventeen: If you say in your heart, these nations are mightier than we, it's game over. In other words, once the seed reaches your heart, a baby is on the way. Now let's flip that and turn it into the positive. When the seed comes and it's a seed of prosperity... And a preacher gets up, like my wife did this morning, and they say, hey, God wants you to prosper. Your rational mind will kick in immediately. Whether to receive that word, yes, God wants me to prosper. This is the good news. I'm going to receive this seed. And when you receive that seed and you throw it in here, that seed will begin to conceive and it will produce after its kind. In fact, the Greek word for the word seed in Mark chapter number 4 is sperma. And that's all I'm going to say about that because we have children in this, in this auditorium. That's what the word seed is. What that means is once it reaches the conception chamber, a baby is on the way. Amen? Amen? Amen. But sometimes the rational mind stops this word from reaching the heart. Because as someone comes and says, God wants you to prosper. No, not me. That's what your rational mind starts saying. No, not me. Let's check what you got uh, 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 at metric. And then if your rational mind says, yeah, let's check first what it says on metric on O level, A level, and then you check that to try and validate God's word, what you have just done is send the seed away. And the seed that you send away will never conceive. Can I get an amen? Amen. You could find yourself in a healing crusade. And then they bring over. Uh, people on stage, one after the other. And the first one gets up and says, When I came here, I was in a wheelchair. And praise the Lord, God heals me. God healed me. And look, now I'm walking. I can dance. And then Benny Hinn shows up and says, Run, run up the stage. And they run up the stage. And then they come back. And then Benny Hinn says, Touch. And then they fall on the ground. <laughs> and then your rational mind starts talking to you. Your rational mind says, Ah. You see, because what God is trying to do is he's trying to use that experience that you're witnessing to show you that, number one, miracles are possible. And number two, the same thing he's done for someone else, he's getting ready to do for you. All you have to do is receive it and throw it into your heart. But if your rational mind starts saying, oh no, this is just a put on. It's stage managed, they brought their own sick people. If that's what your mind is telling you, what you have done is you've taken the seed of miracles and you've thrown it out. Amen? If someone shows up to church and they say, you know, Pastor T, that verse in Mark chapter number 16 that says, believers shall lay hands on the dead and raise them. I saw it in my entire life this I saw it in my own life uh, this week. There was someone who died at work, and I laid hands on them, and they woke up. Your rational mind quickly kicks in. And he says, ah. Maybe they were not dead. They just fainted. So what you're simply doing is you are throwing that seed that says the same power that raised from Uh, Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. You are literally denying it authority to go into your heart. So as true as that is, it will never happen to you. You know why? Because no conception has taken place. Hallelujah! What you need to do is to keep this open to good information. To good Bible-based knowledge. And keep it shut to the 8 o'clock news. So you need to be careful what goes into your heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with how many? All diligence, Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart with all diligence. Put security guards. Let me see if I can draw a security guard. Put a cape on him. A.K. gun. This guy. He's got a gun. Nah, let me give up. Forget about it. I'm not an artist. I'm a preacher. Okay? They can edit that live. I hope you can edit that live. But here's the deal. Put security guards on your heart. Don't just let all kinds of stuff get into your heart. You know why? Because whatever you put in your heart is bringing a baby. Amen? Now let me tell you something. I didn't say this in the first service, but the Holy Spirit just reminded me. The only thing in the world that has the power to reach this rational mind and come from wherever straight into your heart. The only thing that has been proven scientifically to have this ability to just go straight into your heart is music. If you go long enough to the mall and they are playing uh, this song, you don't even have to have sat sit down and written down the lyrics. Yeah. You know, in, a, in your lyric book, if you're from the 90s. No, you don't have to have sat down. One day you just wake up and you, what? Where did that song come from? You know, every single morning when I take my kids to school, as soon as we get into the car, they either ask for Hillsong Kids music or Jojo Siwa. Some of you may not know who, who that is. I didn't know. They said, George Siwa. I couldn't even spell it. George Siwa. how are we going to do that? And then I asked Siri, and Siri brought some George Siwa for me. And now, when I drop them off, I switch off the radio so I can just, you know, have some fellowship with the Lord. But the music, the sound is still playing in my head. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> Amen? And some of you fall in love with just one track and you put it on repeat. And even when you go to sleep, you still hear that track playing in your head. What happened? Music is the ability to breach the the, the rational mind and go straight into your heart. This is why you need to be careful what kind of music you are allowing to sow seeds into your heart. Amen? And if you allow all kinds of music, just sow seeds into your heart and you repeat after it, Let me show you why it's important for you to be careful what you repeat after, what you speak after. Uh, Words were were never originally created for communication. Did you know that? Because Adam could speak when there was no one to talk to. What's up with that? Adam had the ability to speak a little while longer before Eve showed up on the scene. So who was he talking to? He was using words for their real purpose. The original purpose of words is to create. Whatsoever thing he called, that was the name thereof. Amen. And the other purpose of words, the original purpose of words, is to worship. Okay. Communication is secondary. When God gave mankind the ability to speak, he was thinking about creation. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, as a, uh, uh, The death and life are in the power of your tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your p- mouth is the ability to create. Amen? I said amen. And your mouth is the ability to worship God. That's why it's so ridiculous what they did in California. They said, okay, churches can now go back uh, to church and have service, but they are not allowed to worship. Like, that's a confused statement right there. You're sending me back to worship, but I can't worship. Doesn't make any sense to me. You see, when we are singing, it's not a show. See, it's different from uh, 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 Lady Gaga. No, when we are singing, we are worshiping. There is power in that. Man, I wish I could talk about that. But that's not a subject for today. So your heart has to be uh, protected uh, uh, by, by all means necessary because your heart is the one that's going to automate your life. When David was getting ready to get rid of sin in his life, he said in Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible, about 176 verses, all of them talk about the importance of God's word. Can you imagine? All 176 verses are talking about the importance of God's word. My personal favorite out of that chapter is Psalm 130, which says the entrance of his word. When God's word enters into your heart, it says the entrance of his word brings light. And it brings understanding to the simple. Or the simpletons. I consider myself a simpleton. Amen? Amen? He says, I can also get understanding when the word of God enters into my heart. Man, this is powerful, amen? And so David said in Psalm 119, verse 11, he says, Your word, if I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. He didn't say, I have decided as a New Year's resolution in 2020 to stop sinning and start keeping the Ten Commandments. He didn't say that. He said, the way I'm going to start living a righteous life is by taking your word, seed word, and put it in my heart. And that seed word will begin to produce after its kind. You get that? Man, you don't have to uh, try and fight things on the outside. All you have to do is to change the kind of seeds you're planting in your heart. And when you change those seeds, it's those seeds that will change your behavior. Can I get an amen? Amen. I remember when I was in college, man, I haven't even opened my Bible. When I was in college, uh, uh, 2002, you know, I used to listen to rap music, hip-hop. Some of you may know it as hip-hop. And I had several cassettes, many, in fact, in my room. I think I probably had over 200 cassettes in my room, all of them labeled. And I used to listen to this uh, music, and then I got born again, And I went to church, and somehow there was a disconnect between my church life and the music I was listening to. And I felt, you know, a conviction in my heart. And then our youth pastor got up the one Friday morning and evening, and he said, You know what? Uh, We're going to have a bonfire here, and we're going to ask all of you to bring the things that are a stumbling block between you and your relationship with the Lord. And so I thought, Man, my 200 tapes are gone. (laughs) So I went and I brought them for Youth Friday in the bonfire. And we burnt all of those cassettes. uh, cassettes, uh, And then I went back to school. And I kid you not, two weeks later, I was back recollecting my collection. (laughs) Snoop Doggy Dog was back in the dorm. (laughs) What happened? I was trying to change my behavior. God has never called you to change your behavior. God has never called you to the Ministry of Behavioral Modification. God has called you to the ministry of sowing good seeds. You know how I should have gotten around it? Just find out who I am in Christ and begin to plant that in my heart. And I started to do that. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21. Jesus became seen so that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I started walking around reminding myself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I tell you what, it works like a charm. Man, when you start just planting good seeds in your heart, I'm telling you, you won't have to work so hard. You know why? Because it, it produces after its kind. I started walking around saying, you know what? I have the spirit, the fruit of the spirit in, in me, and I'm gentle, I'm kind, and so on and so forth. So I didn't have to wake up and say, okay, today I promise, I'm not going to shout at anyone in traffic. Cross my heart. No, I didn't do that. You know what I did? I just started planting good seeds in my heart. And it's the good seed that began to change my behavior. I remember, man, I stayed in the promises of God for so long. I tried going back to the club. But my identity, my insight, my automation had changed so much. I went into that place and it didn't feel the same. Nothing had changed. They were still playing. I mean, if you had come uh, uh, a few months before, you'd find me in there. hey, oh, man, I'm having a ball. But when the seed changed in my heart, I walked into that place, and the first thing that came to my mind was, man, this place is too dark. Man, it's dark here. The music is too loud. Why are you going to be that loud? I'm standing there thinking, man, this place is terrible. (laughs) What happened? I just changed the seed in my heart. See, a lot of people are trying to change their behavior without changing the seed, and they keep getting frustrated. What you got to do is start informing your rational mind of what's important and how you should change your heart. And when you do that, man, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life forever. You need to automate your life to the promises of God. Amen? Amen. Some of you, when you started driving, this may hit home closer. When you started driving, when you start driving or learning how to drive, you drive using your rational mind, your conscious mind, and that's why you pay attention to every single thing. You have to have both hands on the steering, right? You have to have both hands on the steering, and you have to listen to the engine, and you have to pay attention to the rave meter. When it reaches four, you change gears, and when you change gears, you have to look to really see if it's going into two. Is it really going into two? And then you change. Is it going into three, into four, into five? And you're really thinking about driving. And then when you accept that as rational, you throw that seed in here and you automate your driving. Some of you ladies can do your mascara while driving. Do your mascara, eat breakfast. I've seen it in traffic. And do your makeup while changing the gears. You know why? Because changing the gears just became your second nature. Just like when you accept prosperity, miracles, healing, all of that can become your second nature. What that means is, the first thing you run to when there's a crisis is what you've automated your life to. If you automate your life to God's power, when you're hit with a crisis, the first thing you think about is, this is another opportunity to release some of that power. When you automate your life to limitations... When a crisis hits, the first thing that hits your mind is, where can we borrow some money? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jesus never ever, it never ever crossed his mind. Borrowing never ever crossed his mind. You know why? Because he had automated his mind and his heart to receiving from heaven. I believe he had automated his heart to that Philippians 4 verse 19, which says, my God. Shall supply how many? All of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He had automated his heart to that. Such that when they had 5,000 people, that needed to be fed. He showed up and he said, let's feed them. The disciples said, let's send them home. (laughs) Jesus said, let's feed them. You know why? Because he's automated to think provision. Amen. Don't send them home. Feed them. He said, we only have two fish and five loaves. He says, give it to me. Why? Because his heart is automated for abundance and not for scarcity. Amen? When someone showed up to Jesus and they were sick, Jesus never said, you know what? I have this business card of this doctor that I know. You know why? Because Jesus' heart is automated for releasing God's power. And God anointed Jesus. Just like he anointed you with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went out doing good. Jesus said, you and I are supposed to be doing the things that he did, and even greater. All that's between us and doing the greater things is getting that seed into our hearts. And for us to get that seed into our hearts, it has to become rational. Did you hear what I said? I said rational. Miracles have to become the norm. Miracles are not the exception. When someone shows up and they say, you know, uh, 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 we're going to lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Your response should be, duh. (laughs) Like, I mean, duh. Is there anything else you were thinking? That's more clever than that. Amen. I said, amen. When someone shows up and they say, you know, uh, we're trying to tap into the God kind of prosperity. So we're going to sow seeds. Your response should be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know why? Because you've rationalized God's word. In your uh, uh, rational mind, in your conscious mind, you have received it as truth, as something that makes sense. And when you hold on to it long enough, just like you keep driving, right? When you hold on to it long enough, it's going to find itself in your heart, and it starts producing after its kind. Did that help you? Man, that's awesome. I love it. And so your rational mind should, should always be checking... What kind of information is coming into your heart? We said you must set up a perimeter around uh, your heart, and everything that comes into your heart must be checked out. Everything you receive as truth, you must check it out. You must, you must look at it and see if it qualifies uh, as truth. And this is what you must do. You must go to uh, Philippians 4, verse 8. Did I tell you to go there? Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter number 4, uh, verse 8. He says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, is it true that you are a loser? No. So you know when someone comes to you and say, hey, you loser, you know what you do? You reject that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Is it true that you are God's workmanship created for good things? When someone comes to you and they say you are God's workmanship, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter what may have happened in your life. Amen. I lost my job. I was abused. I, 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 got, I went through a divorce, whatever. I was hurt, whatever. It doesn't matter. If that word comes, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're God's workmanship. You know what I'm doing with that seed? I am receiving it as fact, as truth. And I'm throwing it into my heart. Amen. And I'm automating my life to start walking as God's workmanship. Amen? amen. I said amen. Amen. He says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true. So you need to make sure that what you're receiving is the truth. Uh, Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things or meditate on these things. Those are the things that we should be meditating on. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's what we should be thinking about all the time. Quickly, let's go to Luke six, verse forty-five. Luke six, verse forty-five says, "A good man." Someone say, "A good man." It says, "A good man, out, uh, 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 a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good." Did you see that? It says, "Your goodness is a byproduct of the treasure that is in your heart." A good man out of the good treasure. So when you make it a point to put goodness in your heart, your life is going to be automated to produce the same. He says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. And then he says, and from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth is also on automation. The mouth is connected to your heart. I know you used to think that you say what you want to say. Well, let me correct you. You don't say what you want to say. You just say what's in your heart in abundance. So there's an abundance meter in your heart. Um, you know it may not look like this, but you know I'm trying to bring all the graphics so you can you can you know have a visual uh, uh, to relate to. Okay, your heart may look like an egg, your mind may look like an egg, or it may look like a giraffe or a lion. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm just using this to give you a graphic visual illustration so you can relate with it. Amen. Is that okay? I don't want you to think, oh, my mind is. Not even a circle. What's that, Pastor T? It's just a visual, okay? <laughs> and what was I saying? I was saying your mouth, your mouth is on automation. When your when your uh 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 your heart meter, when your heart meter in your heart starts filling up, you know, when when people start telling you uh uh you are uh, you never amount to anything and you receive that, there's a meter in your heart filling up, right? Mm-hmm. It's, filling up, it's filling up, it's filling up, it's filling up, it's filling up, or when they start telling you. Uh, this corona thing is killing everybody, and you know you receive it in your heart. Uh, when that that fills up your heart, it says, "From the abundance of your heart, your mouth will begin to speak it." Uh, soon enough, your mouth will start releasing releasing it. Uh, you know what? I think this corona may get me. <laughs> and you know what? It starts becoming real to you. You start sitting there and thinking, "You know what? A few months ago." It was just but a statistic. Now I know at least two people. And then the enemy will make sure that you know at least 15. What is he doing? He's filling up your heart. Yes, that's it. That's it. He's putting water in your heart and you know at least 15. And then ah, if you start take it to 1,000. Now when you know 1,000, you are now speaking it. You are now a sales rep, an official sales rep for COVID-19. Selling it to others. Say, he says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. Inadversely, or uh, on the contrary, uh, you can start filling up your heart with good things, with healing. You just start filling up your heart with healing. Jesus went about healing. The sick uh, rivers have been put on, my, in, on the inside of me, welling up to eternal life. I have a well of life in my heart. And as you fill that up, man, at some point your mouth will just start speaking life. And when you start speaking life, Man, you just walk through life like you're in a bubble. It won't even cross your mind that this germ will kill you or it will have an effect on you. In fact, like John Gillick said, you'll say these words, If any germ or any virus touches my body, it dies instantly in Jesus' name. Why? Because he had filled up his heart with something. So you can't just copy and paste what he said while the heart is empty. Because it's not a religious, uh, superstitious statement. Amen. Amen? It's something, a conviction that he had put in his heart. Is this making sense? Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, this is good. But anyway, Luke 6.45 says a good man out of the good treasure. So we have to turn our hearts into treasure chests. That's good. That's a good word. So you, you can turn your heart into a treasure chest or you can turn your heart into a trash can. I know in South Africa we don't say trash can; we say dust bin. But it wasn't gonna rhyme with my sermon, so I wasn't gonna use dust bin. Treasure, trash. You see that? You see the drift? Treasure chest, trash can. Man, I could I could I could sing a rap song about that. So you see here. You can turn your heart into a treasure chest. If your heart is a treasure chest, you know what you're storing in your heart? Good treasure. Like God's word. David said it's, it's sweeter than honey. It's worth more than rubies. Amen? He says, Your word have I treasured, Job said. Your words have I treasured, esteemed above my necessary food. So Job used to go uh, treasure hunting. Bible reading is not uh, uh, looking for rules and regulations, it is treasure hunting. And when you get that treasure, you put it in your heart, you turn your heart into a treasure chest. Do not allow people to dump on you, they are trash. Can I get an amen? amen? Man, don't allow for people to just dump all kinds of stuff. Do not allow the 8 o'clock news to just dump on you. And turn your heart into a trash can. Man, I refuse that. I guard my heart with all diligence. Because I know that my, the course of my life. Let's read Proverbs uh, 4 verse 23. I want you to see this in the New Living Translation. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 4 verse 23 in the NLT. If you will. Uh, NLT if you will watch what it says It says guard your heart above all else for it determines did you read that it says it determines the course of your life so you thought that the course of your life was determined by EFF or ANC or DA well I have, I have news flash for you the course of your life is determined by In the CPU, the central processing unit, this is where it gets approved. When you put it in here, man, it begins to create a new path for you. And God wants you to put his word in here and begin to let that create a new path for you. Can I get an amen? Now, let me show you what the enemy wants to do uh, with you as we close. How many more minutes? Three minutes? Can I take about... Five minutes? Is that okay? We only have about three minutes left here, so I'm going to add two more, and then we'll close. Mark, chapter number 4, verse 14. Uh, It's the story of um, uh, Jesus uh, shared a parable of the sower sowing the seeds, and he said the other seed fell on the wayside, the other seed fell on the uh, thorny ground, the other seed fell on the shallow ground, and then he said the other seed fell on the good ground, and the seed that fell on the good ground produced 60 uh, 30, 60, and 100 fold. What happened? That seed, when it came, some of it fell on the wayside. Wayside. It fell on the wayside. And some of it fell on the shallow ground. Stony ground. Stony. And some of it fell on the thorny ground. See, it rhymes, stony, thony. It's it's not just me, it's Jesus too. (laughs) And some of it fell on the? So good ground, wayside, shallow ground, uh, stony ground, didn't even reach the heart. And good ground is over here in the heart. Amen? And God wants his seed to reach the good ground. That's the ultimate destination. And so Jesus begins to tell us exactly what happened. In Mark chapter number 4, verse 14, uh, he says the sower sows the word. Uh, Mark 4, verse 14, the sower sows the word. And when the sower sows the word, that word is seed. And we say that word seed in the Greek is sperma. Uh, and the objective of the sperma is to reach the conception chamber. Amen? So as that word is sown in your, in your mind, in your rational mind, it's, it starts off on a journey to get into your heart. Amen? And watch what happened. Uh, verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away that word that was sown in their hearts. So he comes immediately and he takes away that word before it reaches the conception chamber. And I like how uh, Matthew uh, uh, records this particular parable in matthew 13 verse 18 it says therefore hear the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it so that's what qualifies it as wayside when your rational mind lacks understanding of how the kingdom functions man the enemy can come and steal that word before it reaches the conception chamber are you getting it He says, does not understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the the seed by the wayside. So understanding is critical if we are going to retain the seed sown in our hearts. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now let's go back to Mark chapter number 4. We're going to read from verse 16 and find out something else that happened. So what the enemy is after is the word. He's not after your surname. He's not after your first name. He's not after your race. He's not after your gender. He would care less about any of those things. What he's really after is the seed. He doesn't want the seed to reach your heart. Because once the seed reaches your heart, he can't do anything about it. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if I start thinking prosperity, I might be riding a taxi. But if prosperity, that seed reaches this heart, man, I'm telling you, I may have bills staked up where I'm drowning in debt. But if that prosperity seed reaches my heart, I'm telling you, that situation is about to be turned around in a hurry. Because when the heart, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. Man, we need to start painting, and I'm going to be talking about that next week. We need to start letting the Word of God paint new pictures on the canvas of our hearts. It's called imagination. Next week, we're going to go a little deeper with this thing and show you how imagination is powerful and why God would use words like, uh, I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. To slaves, people who were uh, uh, slaves in Egypt, the reason why he used flowery, descriptive words with them is because he wants to paint new pictures on the canvas of their hearts. He could have said, I'm just giving you your own land. He didn't say that. He said, I'm giving you a land, and this land flows with milk and honey. Because he's countering their previous reality. And he's painting a new picture on the canvas of their heart. They could literally taste the honey and the milk before they got there. And that's why they were so bodacious in their faith. And it says in verse 16, Mark chapter number 4. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So these ones receive it with gladness. In other words, it makes makes sense. I received that, pastor and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time afterwards when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake. They are quickly offended. So they receive uh, this rational uh, word on point A. It's supposed to reach point B in their heart. So as the word starts to take a journey, then there's a thing called persecution that comes and starts attacking Uh, Them in the realm of experience and circumstances, and they say they offended. They get offended quickly and they say, I knew it. It never works. I knew it. It's just all fairy tales. I knew it. They will uh, receive a word uh, to, to receive their harvest. Let's say they receive a word on 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 healing and then you know the pastor comes and lay hands on them and then they get healed immediately they feel hey the pain is gone and then as they start driving home you know they are persecuted they have a little bit of pain coming back and then they say immediately they give up on that word before it reaches their heart they say you know what i always knew it this never works it doesn't work and then they give up on that word before it reaches their heart Or they'll decide, you know what, I'm actually going to start being faithful with my finances. I'm going to start sowing. I'm going to become a tither, but for about a week. And on the eighth day, they get a little bit of persecution and say, yeah, I knew it. This never works. And they go back. So they've lost out on an opportunity to get that word into their hearts. Then the second uh, group of people is, uh, these are they which are sown among stones, such as hear the word, and they receive the word, verse 19, and the cares of this world, which is worry. So they receive this word, right, on point A, it's supposed to reach point B, and as the word starts to take a journey, uh, there's some challenges along the way uh, uh, that stops this word from piercing through and progressing to get to the heart. And one of those things that hinder the word from uh, uh, going from here to over here is worry. they just worried all the time, and it chokes the word. Did you hear know what Jesus said? He says, worry, the cares of this world. And there's some people who can worry. And I used to be one of them. Before I learned these truths. There are people, uh, I mean, I used to, I had a PhD in worry. I could worry in, uh, in, in harmony. You in know, soprano, bass. I could worry at soprano, bass, alto, and tenor. I could worry 50 years in advance. I could go to 2065. I could go to the Wari Olympics and probably get a gold medal. And it says worry stops, chokes the word. Did you read that? Jesus said, worry chokes the word. He says, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. You know what the deceitfulness of riches is? It's to think that money will solve all your problems. That's just a lie. How many of you know that that's a lie? Have you ever told yourself, if I can only get 5,000 rand? (laughs) How many of you know that that's a lie? Once you get it, you realize, you know what? I probably need a million. If I can only get a million. And then when you get it, you realize, you know what? I actually need 500 million. If I can only get 500 million, all my problems will go. And then you get to 500, you realize, ah, nothing has changed. If I can only get but one billion, And you keep progressing. Why? It's called the deceitfulness of riches. Money will never solve all your problems. God will bless you. He's going to give you money because he wants you to have a tool to use to get your dreams to reach the world and change people's lives. That's what money is. Money is just but a tool to bless people. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Money was never meant to be the one that solves your problems. You know who solves your problems? Jesus solves your problems. Jesus is the answer to every problem in the world. Amen? I said amen. So it says here, the deceitfulness of riches, worry, the deceitfulness of riches are challenging this word. And also the lust of other things entering in chokes the word. Stop it from receiving, uh, 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 lending in the conception chamber. And there is no fruit. Zero fruit. And here, it says "lust of things. You know, when you're just lusting after things. In fact, Scripture says covetousness is idolatry. God, you know, wants to bless you with nice things. But there's a line, a thin line between, you know, believing God for nice things and just being covetous. You know, if you start driving the car, driving your car, and every nice car you see, I claim that car in Jesus' name. Ah, chief, I don't know if that's, you know, you know, you confess in the word, or you are just, you know, you need prayer. Just because you end with in Jesus' name doesn't mean you're going to get the car. (laughs) Amen? I said amen. Amen. So it says the last of other things entering in choked the word, stopped it from uh, uh, getting into the conception chamber. And because of that, there was no fruit for the first three people. Wayside. And here's the good news. Someone ready for the good news? The good news is, while there are three different kinds of people or uh, classes of hearts, uh, if you find yourself on any of these, don't get sad. You know why? Because you're not completely uh, uh, condoned to, uh, condemned, that's the word, condemned to, to the wayside. Wayside? <laughs> no, you're not completely condemned to the shallow, thony, uh, stony ground. You're not completely condemned to the thorny ground. You can start working your way up and start saying, Lord, Help me, Holy Spirit, help me to clear my heart of these things. A lack of understanding. Help me to clear my heart of these things. Uh, worry. You begin to cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. And as you begin to do that, you're, you're creating that bandwidth. You're opening this thing up so that flow, life can flow into your heart. Seed word of God's word can flow into your heart and produce after its kind. This is where we all want to end up, on the last group of people who have good ground in their hearts. What that means is that seed gets in here, you receive it as God's word, you are not distracted, you pay attention, you receive it, and you throw it right into your heart, and as it gets into your heart, it begins to produce after its kind. The devil does not have a problem with people going to church. Did you hear what I said? The devil does not have a problem with people going to church as long as they are not getting seeds. You will send them by the thousands. Because guess what? Ain't nothing going to change. Nothing is going to be planted. As long as you're getting entertainment, and this is why we don't measure in entertainment at Faith Hill Church. It is because of this, and number two, it is because I don't get paid enough to entertain. Have you ever noticed how the entertainers get paid so well? I mean, cusp on your vest. You know how much it gets paid? Man, if you guys start paying me that well, I will come and entertain. Trust me, I'll figure something out. I'll get a clown costume or something. Amen? But here's what I'm saying. The devil doesn't mind people going to church. As long as they're not getting seed. In other words, uh, he can send them to churches where there are no seeds. And then if he finds the ones who want to go to churches where there are seeds, when they get there, he will make them sleep. So they're still not getting any seed, right? Or he'll keep them distracted. So all the seeds that's coming in here is not even getting in here. It's just kind of flying by. He doesn't have a problem if, if people uh, don't pay attention to his word. He will just let them, and they will just kind of live their lives uh, defeated. But where God wants us to be is where we take this seed, put it in the good ground, and produce it after its kind. Why don't you stand on your feet? Did that help you? Thank you, Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for your children who are here this morning. Father, we just commit their hearts into your hand. Holy Spirit, have your way in their hearts. Clear out all misunderstanding. Clear out all distractions. Clear out all the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of things. Clear out all the offense from their hearts. All the thorns in their hearts that are choking the word. Lord, we just pray that you may begin to just clear them out so that the word may progress into their hearts. Lord, I thank you that these, your children, are being automated. They are ready to be automated to your promises. They are ready to be automated to your identity. Lord, I just thank you that as we are here this morning, May this word that we have preached, may this word that we have released, may it never be stolen by the enemy, but Father, may it produce fruit to some 30, to some 60, and to most a hundredfold. Lord, I just thank you, and I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, that as they go forth into the world, as they go back home, Lord, I just thank you that they're making a commitment, that as they get into your word, They will turn their hearts into a treasure chest and not a trash can. Lord, I thank you, Father, that they will not allow the garbage of this world to be dumped into their hearts. But, Father, that they will stand strong, stand tall, and receive only that which is of your word. Lord, I just thank you that these, your precious children, will see... Your goodness in the land of the living. Lord, I thank you that none will just live or just go through life blindly. Just go through life without being able to taste of your promises. But Father, that your children will be able to taste of your goodness with their own taste buds. Lord, I thank you that every single person under the sound of my voice in this building and watching online will have a testimony of your goodness even in this season. Lord, I thank you that their hearts, out of the good treasure of their hearts, they will begin to produce good things. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen, and Amen, and Amen, and Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.